Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is episode 8 of season 6, my US road trip part 2. In this season, I kick things off with two weeks in New Orleans. There, I head to a couple of competitions and spend some time hanging out with the who's who of Southern Barbecue. From there, it's up to Kansas City for four days of Barbecue Nirvana at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's Annual Conference and Excellence Awards. The final two weeks of the journey see us head into Arkansas for some R&R, including bass fishing, monster trucks, a state cook-off association competition, an AK-47, and a brush with a tornado. And of course, you're coming with me. This episode sees us hit up Kansas City for the National Barbecue and Grilling Association Conference. The full event was four days long. There was a pre-event on the Wednesday where we hardcore barbecue junkies jumped on a bus and headed to Plowboys, Slaps and Joes. That was an incredible experience and I was super excited to find the person sitting behind me on the bus was none other than Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Thursday and Friday were the conference days with sessions delivered by numerous experts within the barbecue industry. The annual Excellence Awards Gala was on the Friday night and Saturday was the State Cook-Off Association's NBBQA Barbecue Classic competition where they actually ran two rounds in one day. In this episode, you'll find a collection of interviews I recorded on the Thursday, the first day of the conference sessions. The beauty of these industry conferences is that attendees are the most hardcore barbecue professionals who are also as keen as to network and share their knowledge and skills with others, and I definitely found that to be the case here. I'm excited to be able to share these stories and lessons with you. Before we get into it, I'd like to let you know about our awesome online shop. If you, like me, have a thing for barbecue caps, you've got to check out our awesome kettle cap. It's a white-on-black trucker-style cap with a snapback fitting. The unique design sums up our two favourite things in life, barbecue and podcasts about barbecue. Check them out now at smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. I'd also like to invite you to join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group full of open-minded people who just love to help each other out, the Smoking Hot Confessions community is a great place to continue the conversation. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps me spread that barbecue love. So without further ado, grab yourself some homemade bacon and some brown liquor and join me at the NBBQA Annual Conference. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? trace the history of real barbecue in Australia, you will have come across Ranch Hand. Owner Cliff founded the company in 2010, mixing and selling barbecue rubs before most of us knew what barbecue rubs even were. In short, Cliff is an OG of the Australian barbecue scene. An American expat, Cliff is single-minded in his goal to deliver traditional southern recipes with fresh Aussie ingredients. And those recipes? They're secret family recipes dating back to the 1960s. The range of products is broad with something for everyone from the backyard grill master to competitive pit masters. Some of these delicious rubs include the Midnight Magic Rub, the Better Off Red Beetroot Rub, and the Wild and Woolly Lamb and Game Rub. 
I got to taste the Midnight Magic Rub at a competition recently, and I gotta say, it's very, very good. So if you're looking for a barbecue rub that will wow family and friends as well as barbecue judges, do yourself a favor and head on over to ranchhand.com.au. That's ranchhand.com.au. Hey folks, it's Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here. We're at lunchtime day one at the NBBQA conference here in beautiful Kansas City. And I've got with me uh, Haywood Harris Jr. from The Rib Doctor. Mate, how are you enjoying the uh, the conference? Oh man, I am loving it. I'm seeing friends I haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, I'm enjoying making new friends, engaging, getting stuffed, going on the barbecue tour. You know, wasn't that great yesterday? That that oh, was amazing. And we were still debating over who had the best ribs yesterday. Was it Slaps or was it Kansas City Joe's? And I think that when it all, all said and done, I think that Slaps edged them out a little bit due to moisture content. That was my feeling on it as well. I, for, for me, I would have rated them uh, Slaps, then Joe's, then uh, Plowboys, I think. It, that's exactly how we, that's how we did it. Same, same, same came, came up with the same outcome. Slaps, uh, Joe's, Kansas City, and Plowboys. But they were all good. Oh, yeah, that's that's no disrespect to, to, to any of them. That's just my personal uh, rating. Personal, personal taste. Because pers- I, I, to be honest with you, I was riding with uh, Kansas City Joe's for a second. And then we got into the debate about moisture content. When you got into moisture content and started talking about the little bit more salt on Kansas City Joe's, Slaps one at hands down. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, tell me about uh, the Rib Doctor. What do you do at the at the Rib Doctor? The Rib Doctor is a competition barbecue team. We have been competing on with KCBS since 1994. We've wow. been judging with for them since 1991, and uh, we've won several um, of the uh, award of excellence here at the National Barbecue Association. Uh, we were notified about a month ago that either our barbecue sauces finished in the top six or our videos may have finished in the, in the top three so or both. We don't know. But the fact that we're going to get called for something, oh, we're excited about that. That's fantastic, mate. Absolutely fantastic. So having already won awards from the NBBQA, what opportunities has that afforded you since? We are now in uh, Whole Food Markets in the Southern California area. Uh, because our sauce tends to be a premium uh, brand sauce, uh, because of the name as well as the quality of the product, uh, we have gotten into several other um, what we like to call high-line grocery stores or retailers. Um, we are recognized when we go out on a barbecue circuit. And uh, we just... it's. It's been beyond my wildest imagination. The reality is, is that uh, I'm a retired bureaucrat, and but I, I I just can't sit and watch TV all day. So we just said, well, you know, barbecue is seasonal, even though we're in California, you know, uh, and we forgot about that part of it. But uh, I said, well, you know, we can do this for three, four months, and that way we can travel, you know, six, seven months. No. I'm working harder now than I have ever worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's there's retirement and then there's retirement. Yes, yes. <laughs> I should have stuck with the retirement with the with being a bureaucrat. <laughs> but you know what? I've had a blast doing it because we meet so many interesting people, 
And because my face is on the bottle, you know, people when they come in and they and they sample the barbecue sauce, then they pick the bottle up and they go, that's you. you know? <laughs> so, you know, that brings on a different type of engagement. You know, we talk about barbecue competitions. We talk about barbecue sauces. We talk about their barbecue ex experiences. But more importantly, I get a chance to help them, you know, through whatever barbecue issues they may be having at that time. And I mean, just some of the more basic things that we as pros have long forgotten. Mm. You know, like, when do you put a barbecue sauce on? You know, because, so, you know, some folks actually marinate in barbecue sauce. You know, you can't do that. That sugar in there is going to burn, you know. Mm. So, so that, that, those, that, that kind of enjoyment is what I get out of uh, uh, being retired and unretired doing selling barbecue sauce. So it's all about sharing the knowledge and sharing the passion. You know what? There were some folks that helped me out when I was a, coming up. And believe it or not, I, you know, I've been cooking since I was knee high to a five cent stamp. And when's the last time you've seen a five cent stamp? So when I came into the barbecue world, I thought I knew all there was to be be great in barbecue. That's how I got the name Rib Doctor, you know? Um, Makes sense. But then I, I found out from other guys that spanking my behind in the early days what I didn't learn. And these guys took me by the hand and guided me through things that I didn't know. They put their arms around me and said, come on, man, we're going to teach you some things. So essentially, because I was just grilling, I had no idea what smoking was. So these guys took me from being a great griller to right now, I'm, I call myself a pseudo great smoker, but I think I'm a great smoker. <laughs> All righty. So... You, you mentioned before that the Rib Doctor sauce is a premium level sauce, like a, a premium end product. Yes. What is it about your sauce that, that makes it so unique? Uh, we have no high fructose corn syrup in it. It's gluten free. It's, it's low sodium. It's low sugar. We use premium products. And I took a class today. Uh, and one of the things they were talking about is MSG. So I don't believe I have MSG in my product, but just that quickly, I sent a note off to my co-packer asking them, do I have MSG in my product? Because if she comes back and says, no, then that's another feature that we're able to say that our product is. Add that to the label. Yeah, so we actually think we have a healthy product. Um, that's how, in fact, we didn't even know the, pro the product was healthy. Uh, as we were going through the development phase, um, we had uh, a nutritionist, you know, handle our labeling for us. So, you know, she ran the products through whatever whatever process they run it through, whether it's digital or manual or however they come up with it. And she called me up and she goes, do you know what you have? I said, yeah, I got a barbecue sauce. She says, no, do you know what you have? And I'm going, yeah, I got a barbecue sauce. She says, no, your sauce is low sodium, low sugar, you have a healthy barbecue sauce. There's, do you know how many people are out there looking for a healthy barbecue sauce? So we had no idea, but we backed into a niche and we're glad we did. And more importantly, we're able to communicate to our, our potential clients that we have a, a healthy barbecue sauce that actually tastes good. And it's a national award winner. Well, mate, congratulations. That all sounds amazing. If I can just have a little bit more of your time, I just want to ask one question about um, about finding a co-packer. How do you go about about finding a co-packer? Do you, do you just hit Google and just search co-packer or do you network through events and find someone that you can work with? What what tips would you have for people that are looking to uh, find co-packers for sources or rubs of their own? 
Uh, we did, in fact, Google, and then we asked other people that were in, in the business, you know, where did you go to get your product co-packed? I think nowadays that what people can do is they can contact the National Barbecue Association, and they are a great resource for helping you find uh, a co-packer either locally or nationally. Um, but the easiest way is, is to Google and look on the co-packer. But do your homework. All co-packers are not equal. Okay. I happen to have gotten lucky, and we, we, we were blessed with co-packers that are honest, that are straightforward, get you the quality products and ingredients that I wanted, and still be able to do it at a reasonable price. There are others out there that's not necessarily going to meet that high bar. So find at least three or four, interview them, get comfortable with them, because after all, you're going to be sharing your recipe with them. You know, and you're talking, you know, about a confidentiality agreement. I was going to say, is that when the lawyers get involved? Well, you know, you can either create a, a, a non-disclosure agreement yourself, but I would suggest that, yes, you do have counsel available to you, or at least have counsel review your non-disclosure agreement. Or if the co-packer gives you a non-disclosure agreement, that's blank. Have your counsel review that. <laughs> yes, that's, that's yes. probably a good piece of advice right oh, there. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, there's there's all kinds of little pitfalls. You know, as I was sharing, you was able to talk to other folks who have been in this game for a while longer than myself. Mm -hmm. There are so many pitfalls in the barbecue uh, barbecue sauce game that if you're not careful, you can get yourself hurt. Non-disclosure is one of those that if you do not have uh, all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed and had counsel say, okay, this is a good one. You look up later on down the road if someone is taking your, taking your recipe, made the product themselves, put a different label on it, but you're not going to benefit from that. They are. So I think that having counsel is probably essential in making sure that you have a, a quality non-disclosure agreement or confidentiality agreement. Mate, that's some great advice. Well, there you have it, folks. There's some top tips if you've got some sources or some rubs of your own, you've got some ideas you want to get into, some top tips from Hayward Harris Jr., the rib doctor. Mate, thanks very much for your time, and you should go get yourself some lunch. Thank you. Uh, I truly enjoyed engaging. Is this in Australia, you say? Uh, so this will be uh, international. So I've got like a two-thirds Australian, one-third American audience. Audience, happy to have done it for you. I've truly enjoyed this engaging moment. Hey folks, it's Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here. It's uh, day one lunchtime at the NBBQA conference. Everyone else is outside having lunch, but I'm here working for you. So <laughs> just, just got to lay it on a bit thick. Now, it's not every day that you get to meet some legends of the barbecue scene. And today I've got two of them right here with us. So we've got uh, Mr. Kent Black, third generation pitmaster from Black's Barbecue, and Barrett Black, the fourth generation of uh, Black's Barbecue. So I'll start with you. How have you been enjoying the conference? Oh, it's been great. We always enjoy the National Barbecue Association, learn a lot, um, got a lot of friends here, and I really recommend it for uh, anybody interested in barbecue to check it out. So how many years have you been coming to the conference? This is probably 12 or 13 we've been coming. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've, we've really enjoyed, enjoyed them. They have them on different parts of the country, and uh, it's always, uh, you learn a lot and, and uh, have, have a good time too. Now, is it is it the, the learning side that you like the most, or is it the 
networking? Well, it's uh, it's it, that's that's a tough call because you, do, you do, <laughs> do learn a lot in the in the seminars. Even though my family's been in the business eighty seven years at the original Black's Barbecue, and uh, but then I even learned more at the hotel bar afterwards talking to some of these good folks. And uh, everybody's so open and willing to talk about how they do things. And uh, it's, it's, it's just, a, you know, people are here to love barbecue and they're willing to, to talk about how they do things. And we all cook a little differently. So it's a lot of fun. I did notice yesterday after the pre-event that there was the things you learn at the event and then there's you'll get the real story at the bar later. So that was yeah. that, that, that was kind of curious. Now, you did just mention that your family has an 87-year history um, in barbecue. Can you fill us in on, on the, the story of your family and barbecue? Sure. We started in 1932 uh, in uh, Lockhart, Texas, which is a little town just south of uh, the, the capital city, Austin. And uh, my grandfather had 100 head of cattle, but it was the Depression in the United States, so nobody literally had any money. Mm. And uh, times were tough economically, so he didn't know what he would do with those 100 head of cattle. And uh, he had a friend that uh, wanted to open a meat market. Uh, this is the 30s. There's very little refrigeration, if any. It was with blocks of ice. Yep. And so there were meat markets in every little town, probably just like in Australia. And so uh, his friend wanted to open a meat market. My grandfather said, uh, hey, I've got 100 head of cattle. They shook hands, and that's how our company was born. Right. Okay. So they were obviously the, the animal processing side and your family was the cooking and sales side. Right. So we took those 100 head of cattle, which were about 15 miles outside of town in the country, and we did a cattle drive, literally, into Lockhart, Texas wow. in uh, 1932. Uh, my, grand, my, my dad, who lived to be 91, remembers uh, riding a horse in that. And they took those 100 head of, of cattle into the little town of Lockhart. And they, uh, they pastured them nearby. They opened their meat market. And then as they needed cattle, they would process them. Back then, every little town uh, had a slaughterhouse. And, and so those 100 head of cattle were what uh, started our meat market, grocery store, barbecue joint combination, which uh, over the years grew. And so the grocery store split off, became the largest grocery store in the county. The restaurant wow. split off, became the... Uh, largest uh, restaurant in the county and then we even got into we make our own sausage and so we had Lockhart Sausage Company we were selling to all the grocery stores within about a 60 mile radius so my uh, my grandfather started uh, he was county judge uh, but he really enjoyed uh, playing dominoes in politics more than he did the, <laughs> the, the, the business so my, my dear parents uh, who uh, worked in the business for 60 years they really built it up and then uh, uh, when they retired, I bought the business from them, and I'm third generation trying to continue the business, and then my son, Barrett, is the fourth generation. Yeah, now speaking of Barrett, generation number four, mate. Yes. <laughs> Where do you fit into the business at the moment? Oh, oh man, I mean, a lot of people ask me, so what, what do you do every day? And I, sometimes I don't know. I mean, with your, when your last name is Black, you know, you just got to go where you got to go at some of those days. Yeah. Uh, we have very fortunate to have four very successful locations right now. Uh, I'm at the Austin store mostly, uh, keeping that one going, um, but also, you know, help a lot with uh, some of the demos and exhibits and things like that as well and festivals. So always trying to innovate and you know, stay true to our roots of who we are as a traditional barbecue joint. Uh, but my family has a history of always pushing the envelope of, you know, innovating and new flavor profiles, not getting too crazy, you know, staying in our, within our roots, but uh, looking to the future as well to you know, keep having fun with it. Mate, that sounds so good. Can you yeah. can you give me a bit of an idea of what some of those new innovations are? 
Uh, let's see. What one of my favorites that I came up with is our maple jalapeno donut sandwich. Oh damn! Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we take our jalapeno cheddar sausage, we re- brulee it in some uh, maple syrup, and then put it between a donut. And it's just like a sweet, salty, spicy, just you know, firework in your mouth. Uh, so wow, how long's that been now? Uh, well, that's something we do special for uh, you know certain festivals or special events, that kind of thing. So you can't come to the store sadly and get it. Uh, but uh, you know. We started doing that maybe a couple of years ago, but um, you know, very fortunate. We did a, a lamb cook-off this last weekend, and we did a lamb masa cakes with a Mexican Coke mole uh, as well. Uh, but we just smoked the lamb, and um, it, it's some part of the business that I really have fun with. That I feel like I learned from my grandmother, who was always cooking what she could and coming up with new recipes out of necessity because you know she grew up in the depression and then she and my grandfather they slugged it out in the barbecue business way before barbecue was cool before the barbecue association existed and they were just doing it because they had to they had to make an income and she would come up with these recipes based on what she had because she couldn't afford to go you know get new ingredients different things like that so she had to work with what she had and uh, I've really taken that to heart and love that kind of style of cooking and attribute you know the creativity and those kinds of things that I have from her. It is amazing just how much of the story of barbecue is tied to this concept of necessity um, you know, you were just saying that your grandmother was in the uh, in the Depression era. And so, I mean, we often forget in modern times that in that time period, they didn't have, you know, year-round fruit and veggies, for example, or right. year-round spices. It was whatever was cooking, uh, whatever was growing that season was what you were cooking that season. That's right. Yeah, so that's, that's a whole lot of creativity on her part. I want to back up a little bit to something you just said about cooking lamb. I missed what you said, but I caught that it was Mexican influence. We do a lot of lamb in Australia, so I'm always interested when I hear Americans say that they sure. do lamb. So can you break that down for us and tell us what that was? Yeah, there's an event uh, that happens across the country. It's called the the Lamb Jam. It's put on by the, <laughs> the Lamb Jam. <laughs> yeah, it's put on by the uh, the American Lamb Board, uh, trying to promote you know sales and stuff of uh, American lamb. And uh, so it's a little competition between a bunch of chefs uh, that I've gotten to be a part of the last few years. I don't know how I got invited. It's uh, mostly chefs. I'm one of like two barbecue guys. So they always say, "Oh, it's Chef Bear." I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm not a chef. I'm a barbecue guy." Uh, but very fortunate this last week to actually take a trophy from him. One, one first place with uh, oh yeah. chef barrett it is yeah. <laughs> two trophies he won his category for latin then he won best in show and beat out 15 other chefs so who were all had some great products so he's going to the lamb jam nationals wow yeah wow very very proud dad moment i, I got <laughs> I, I got to break in and brag on him yeah, yeah. yeah right. but the competition is every chef is assigned a different category so i got, I got assigned the latin category uh so i came up with uh you know it's a little masa cake you know the stuff you make tamales out of and oh, okay. uh, yeah, kind yeah. of fried it on a griddle and made a, a mexican coke mole sauce uh which is i thought delicious and then sp- uh, we're a barbecue joint, so of course I smoke the lamb. I use lamb neck. I don't know if you've ever used that very oh, much. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not something you see very much uh, here in America, but uh, something I've fallen in love with, especially as a barbecue guy. It's great for the smoker. You get that nice fat cap, uh, kind of turns into crackling. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard to beat. Yeah, it's really good, Matt, really good. Yeah. Now, I, I know that I've seen a lot of your family on TV on, on, on various different shows. Mm-hmm. Have you got any projects coming up in the future that you're allowed to – a sort of premiere here on uh, on Smoking Hot Confessions. 
Uh, I mean, nothing that we're personally, you know, pushing. I mean, we're very fortunate to have the brand that we have, you know, the generations that came before us that worked so hard to build what we have that people are always asking us to be a part of things. So we actually have a, a call later today that we're doing that a show wants us to be a part of. And uh, um, yeah, just watch out for us on Food Network, I guess. Oh, there you go. Food Network. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to say thanks very much for your time. I'm going to wrap it up now because... I don't know about you, I haven't had any lunch yet, and I know everyone's out, <laughs> everyone's out over the street having lunch. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing you fellas probably haven't either, so I'm going to say thanks very much for being on the show. My pleasure. Yes, sir. And uh, I'll see you around the rest of the conference. Sounds great. Right. Hi, this is Chris from Mike here for you, and you'll listen to Smoking Hot Confessions. If you want good barbecue, you need good charcoal. And when it comes to charcoal, the denser the wood, the better the charcoal. This is where Dragon's Breath Charcoal comes in. It's made from Australian native Gigi, famous for being the third most dense wood in the world, which means you're going to get 100% quality 100% of the time. The manufacturer of Dragon's Breath Charcoal was founded in 2005 and is the largest charcoal manufacturer in Queensland. A company founded in firm principles and values, the manufacturers of Dragon's Breath seek out opportunities to serve the community, starting with their work in the environmental restoration of Southwest Queensland sheep and cattle stations. Over the years, they've developed dietary charcoal products for livestock and horses and pets. And now there's garden and agricultural soil products that help keep moisture in the soil while it takes CO2 out of the atmosphere. Dragon's Breath Charcoal will be launching on Amazon in October, so stay tuned for more info soon. Hey folks, it's Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here. We're on uh, lunchtime day one of the NBBQA conference in Kansas City. The windy city has become the rainy city, so all the lunch and everything's all moved inside, but luckily we're a floor above, so we're not getting all that background noise. Now, if you've been watching the show for a while, you know that I love my barbecue toys. And I've managed to find Mendel from The Meat Stick, and he's got some pretty cool barbecue toys that he's going to show us. Mate, how are you enjoying NBBQA 2019? I'm loving it right now. I mean, the food is great. The speakers are great. Um, the people in general are great. And, you know, we're having a lot of talk about barbecue, what's good, how to do it. And, you know, I'm just enjoying the show. Yeah, yeah, it's always good when you get to uh, just hang out with like-minded people and just, uh, you know, network and brainstorm and problem solve and, <laughs> and all the rest of that stuff. So, mate, uh, tell me about the meat stick. So the meat stick, um, we've been developing it for the past few years, and we've realized there's a, there's a solution that's been needed in the barbecue world for a wireless, a true wireless uh, meat thermometer. And so we developed um, this true wireless meat thermometer. Here, let me show you where it's completely actually wireless and you could stick it into your meat, stick it into your chicken, your brisket, and leave it in there through the entire cooking process. Very cool. Yeah. So this uses Bluetooth to uh, connect to your phone. Um, obviously, um, for a lot of people that, uh, you know, realize that, you know, wireless technology, Bluetooth isn't the strongest of, you know, wireless technology, mm -hmm. right? So when you put this into your, your chicken, into a grill, um, and you close it up, you know, the signal is going to get lost, right? So for that, we've actually invented the, the meat stick extender, which repeats the Bluetooth signal um, and amplifies it up to 300 feet away. All right, so really for most people, you could get that signal from your house, um, like anywhere in your home. 
So my, my smoker is, is five mil steel. Mm-hmm. So with that extender, that would be thick enough. I'd still get that 300 feet? Uh, yes. So what's cool is we made this to listen to the signal from our meat stick itself. Um, and because of that, it's able to listen, even though the signal gets really weak from, the, from your grill, um, this thing will pick it up. And then once it picks it up, it just you know, amplifies. It's already outside your grill. So I didn't even no know you could there. do that. That's cool. Exactly. Right. So for a lot of people, we've been seeing also they wanted to um, you know, put it up into the, the cloud. Right. You want to be able to get your temperatures from anywhere. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, so we have also invented the um, our Wi-Fi bridge, which connects to your Wi-Fi, which obviously connects to your cloud, our, our, our cloud. And you could pretty much go to the store, have access to your temperatures, be alerted for any um, flare ups or any any, you know, your your pellet grill, let's say, you know, runs out of uh, pellets, there's a jam or, you know, your coals are dying. Who knows? Right. Very cool. So you got you got options there. You can have a Bluetooth connection or a Wi-Fi connection. Yes, that's correct. I love that because personally, I much prefer the Wi-Fi connection over the Bluetooth. So mm. I'm, I'm, I think that's awesome that you got that um, that flexibility, particularly because when I'm at competitions, I often don't have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So when I'm cooking at a competition, then I need that Bluetooth. Exactly. So yeah. that's so good. Right. And so, also, what's actually cool is for our Wi-Fi, our Wi-Fi bridge, um, when you are at a competition or whatnot, if you just you could actually turn it into an extender mode because there's no Wi-Fi around, and that will just repeat the signal as well. Ah, great idea. Yeah. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, so you can actually do both. So what was the development process like? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that you must have had the idea. How long did it take to get from idea to uh, to sales? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Just sort of yeah, run me through the process. Well, we, we originally thought of the idea around two, two to three years ago. Um, the company I was working with, we built technology in the IoT field, um, Internet of Things. Um, and we looked, took our technolo- uh, our experience from that um, and applied it to this meat thermometer. Uh, I personally love cooking. I'm constantly hosting friends, having barbecues. One of the biggest issues I found was, you know, I'm cooking some chicken or, you know, I'm trying to talk to people and I completely forget about my meat, right? Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you go back and, you know, it's burnt or... A lot of times you're constantly, if you do remember, you're constantly checking up on it. Yep. And what does that do? It takes you away from your friends, uh, you know, from your family. And it's just, it's, it's so annoying. So to be able to just pick up your phone from anywhere uh, to check your temperatures and make sure when the meat's done, it just makes things so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So good. So what's coming up in the, in the future then? Like what are your, what's next in your, in your plan? And uh, well, right now we're actually developing sales channels. Um, right now, we're only selling the U.S. Uh, we're in the main U.S. market. We are talking to potential distributors in other markets to try to get our product into the world. Uh, right? I mean, we'll see how it goes. You know, if, if someone you know is interested in distributing, you know, feel free to contact us, and we'll try to work something out. Um, we're talking to uh, mom and pop shops to get our product into the store, so people could see it firsthand. Um, but what's great right now is. If you're in the U.S., at least, if you order it, there's a 30-day, you know, 30-day risky-free trial, right? If you don't like it, you know, feel free to just return it, mention that. Um, It's not advertised, but that's what we will do. 
Beautiful. So good. And if if um, someone watching from Australia was really busting to get one of these, would they be able to contact you directly and then arrange paying postage and all that sort of stuff? Uh, that is correct. If you contact us directly, just find our email or um, on our website and we could arrange something. Beautiful, man. Now, can you give me a quick idea of, of the, the price that you put on that and where people can, uh, can track you down? So your social medias, your emails, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So let's see. Our website is themeatstick.com. Um, our Instagram is the meat stick IG, uh, social media, or uh, Facebook. I, I don't remember off the top of my head and we had to switch things up because, you know, the meat stick is taken for uh, a lot of, uh, certain domains. I'd, I'd <laughs> imagine it would, it'd be sort of similar to smoking hot confessions in that regard. You'd get people looking for something else. Yeah. So, I mean, but in general, you could, uh, just find us on the, our website, the com, and all the information is on there. Um, and shipment to Australia. I'm not sure how it works, but we'll we'll, we'll work we'll it think, out. We'll work it out. We'll work it yeah, out. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thank you for being part of the show. Of course. And best of luck with that because that's the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. Thank you. And oh, also, um, we're always looking for new ideas, new fresh ideas to make new products um, directly for you know the barbecue community. So feel free to just reach out, uh, give us your input, and you know we'll take that in consideration. What about a powered stubby cooler or a koozie, you call it here? Okay. A powered koozie that will give you alarms if your beer is outside of a certain threshold temperature. That'd be pretty cool, and that could be easily made. The big issue with that is, are there enough of you guys willing to buy something <laughs> like that? <laughs> of course, and of it course. Won't be cheap. <laughs> no, no. All right, look, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for being part of the show, and enjoy the rest of the conference. All right, thank you. You too. Hey folks, it's Ben from Spoken Hot Confessions here. It's, uh, we're in the uh, mid-session break at uh, NBBQA Day 1 in Kansas City. The windy city's become the rainy city. Everyone's kind of pushed inside. And I just happened to come across my good mate Sterling. Mate, how you going? Excellent, man. Uh, it's good seeing you out here, man. We, we ran into each other a couple of times, so I, I, I'd love to see you more. Usually I end up running into you in Australia, but now I'm, I'm returning the favor and I'm Absolutely. tracking you down in, in, in your hometown. So. Well, well, hopefully I'll track you down in Australia in August for the Burley competition. So ah, I'll be back. yes, yes. I'll be we back. are going to be competing there. That's, uh, that's my local comp. I always compete. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing you again there. Yeah. Are you going to do a a lesson there? Because I got heaps from that class there last time. Thank you for that. Absolutely. I'm not sure right now. I'm working with uh, Hark Industries. They're one of the sponsors with Green Mountain Girls Australia for that competition. So when I come out, I do demos. I usually do a class of some sort. Um, And then obviously compete with you guys. Love competing with you guys. But uh, I'm working it out now with them. And so we're competing as Green Mountain Girls Australia. Me and Dan from Big Smoke are partnering. So this is going to be a a collabo team so he's going to do a couple entries i'm going to do some and you know i'm pretty sure he wants me to cook lamb interesting interesting now talking about lamb you had a bit of a bit of success with that in australia recently didn't you yes absolutely so the first time coming out in 2017 to the invitational you know you guys invited me out i did the class there and then um got to compete and taking grand champion in 2017 with the best of the best in australia was just a phenomenal experience but the top it off first place in Lamb, and that was in 2017. Wow. So they invited me back last year. They're like, we can't have this American, you know, taking oh, yeah. Lamb on us. So they invited me back last year. And fortunately, I took first in chicken, first in Lamb again. And um, I was about, I think, fifth overall. So I'm holding on to that Australian Lamb title, you know, and hopefully another time. 
didn't you just kill it again last week in Melbourne? So last, uh, last a couple of weeks ago, we were at Meatstock Melbourne, and yeah, you know, 55 top teams, some American teams coming out, fifth in lamb, fifth in brisket, second in pork, and uh, fourth place overall against, you know, these legends, and you guys in Australia are just coming up like hot and fast. You guys are getting it, and it's, you know, it's getting stronger. Every time you go down for a competition, the field's getting stronger. Knowledge is, is out there. You know, there's people doing classes. There's internet. You know, there's so much knowledge out there that people are sucking up, and man, to win one of these comps, you got to be at the top of your game. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so competition barbecue has been sort of happening for about 30 years over here. Yes. It's only been happening about five years for us, but I don't feel like we're 25 years behind. Right. No, 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 no. The learning curve is definitely tightening. Uh, and that comes with the amount of knowledge that's available. And that comes with, you know, people like me and, and Big Mo and Tuffy and, and these guys coming out and doing classes in Australia and, and spreading our knowledge. And, you know, because that's what it's about. We're all just cooking meat in the parking lot at the end of the day, you know. And, and if I can help you get better, then it's just going to make all of us get better, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of sharing knowledge and learning and classes and all that sort of stuff, you just did a presentation here at the at the conference earlier today. How was that? Yes, it was awesome. You know, anytime that I can share my successes with people and try to help them get better, then, you know, it helps me as an individual. And, you know, everybody's here to help each other. And that's what I love about this conference. You know? And was that the first time that you've presented in an environment like this? Um, no, actually, last year, uh, Amy from Old World Spices, Dan from Suckle Busters, and I were on a panel on rubs and sauces and kind of kind of what uh, Code 3 Spices did today, a little bit of like picking your idea and bottling it or putting it into something, you know? So we did that last Literally thing. bottling the idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, you know, it works well that way with our product. But um, we did that last year, and then Dan reached out to me this year because uh, they wanted to present another something. So we decided to collaborate together and do a, a branding seminar on, you know, what is branding and what is your brand and who are you as, as a brand, especially for people like this at this conference who have products who have you know stuff in the industry it's building a name in that industry and 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 people knowing what's what's behind that you know it's not just a logo it's a, a brand it's a story it's me you know as a person so you want to bring that out and, and bring that out into your brand so we talked about you know ways that people can can build on that and grow their brand and grow their market and their, their name in this industry you know Awesome. That sounds amazing. Can you give me some of the some of the tips and things that you were sharing? Yes, absolutely. We talked uh, several things about social media, you know, obviously things like you're doing right now. Absolutely. Uh, YouTube, you know, the videos, uh, uh, engaging with your customers and your clients and building a, an army or a ship. I refer to it as a ship because I was in the Navy. So your ship of your your fans and your people who want to go out and support you and your, your tribe, if you will. So we've talked about that. So, you know, um, we talked about telling your story. You know, what is Luton Booty Bar? barbecue it's not the skull it's not a, a rubber sauce you know it's me as a person so we talked about sharing your story and bringing authenticity and genuineness into that you know yeah storytelling is still one of the most powerful ways of of communicating and I, that's part of what i do at now is i i help people share their stories with the rest of the world so absolutely and that's awesome that you know like countries like you guys are coming out you're getting more involved in barbecue and spreading like wildfire i mean that's a cliche phrase but it is spreading like wildfire um it's getting very popular and people are are understanding the craft you know it's not just throwing some meat on a, a fire you know there's craft and art into it and that's what a lot of us um appeals to us is that is that hands-on craft or art you know yeah one of the things that i've gained a real insight into being here at, at this conference is you're just saying that that it's an art that it's a craft Talking to different people, like, you know, you're a rub guy, I talked to a sauce guy earlier, I talked to a charcoal guy before that. 
there's so much story and so much goes into making that one piece and then putting all those pieces together to make barbecue. It's just, it, it, it blows my mind how much is involved in every step. Absolutely. You know, I mean, every, uh, a lot of people think about having a rubber or a sauce. They put something together in the kitchen and, you know, yeah, I want to take it from here and it's won me awards or whatever. How do I put it in a bottle and get it out to people? You know, there's so many facets getting to that next level that, you know, a lot of us have been through those stages and a lot of us want to share our experiences, you know, the ups and the downs, you know. With, with the good, there's some bad, you yeah. know, and if we can limit that and help people through those bad times, and like I said, we all get better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, look, man, thanks very much for your time. Anytime. Uh, I, I realize you're a busy man. You've got to get out and keep keep pressing the palms and all that. So Shake the hands, kiss the babies. That's it. Thanks Absolutely. very much, mate. Anytime, mate. Hey, I'm looking forward to Burley. We'll have to sit down and have a couple beers. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Catch ya. Thanks, mate. Hey folks, Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here. It's day one of the NBBQA. We are having a ball. And with me right now, I've got Junior from Up in Smoke Barbecue. That name might sound familiar to you because just a few months ago, I was at a festival named Up in Smoke in Adelaide. But this is obviously very different. Mate, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for coming you. on board. And uh, tell us a bit about what Up in Smoke does. Appreciate you having me. Um, you know, Up in Smoke was started uh, as a competing business. And that's what we used to do, competitions and stuff like that course over the years gotten better and better and producing good quality food and then now we got a full-blown restaurant um awesome. our main business is catering we do two or three caterings per day then per we own day per day two or three wow. caterings per day and then uh we open friday and saturday to the public from 11 to 2 so that's incredible. So how long were you competing for before you started to get into the, the food vending side of things? I think I started in 2010. You know, I started doing competitions locally. And then, of course, you start going to states, different states and cooking and then national. So, uh, you know, I've been all over, man. <laughs> all over Texas, all over Oklahoma, Kansas City. Uh, you name it. I've been there. Awesome. So where is home for you? Is it is it Texas? Texas. We are on western side of Texas, and we're in Midland, Texas. Okay. Is that kind of western side? So that would be not Houston side. It would be the other side, wouldn't it? We're nine hours from Houston, so west side close to New Mexico. Ah, right. Gotcha. Okay. So what, what kind of, um, like, New Mexican influences do you get from uh, that, that comes through into your barbecue? Because my wife spent a bit of time growing up in New Mexico, and she always talks about how good the food is there. So how does that sort of background, that sort of area, sort of influence your barbecue? You know, it influences a lot because of the, the spices and, and the seasonings that we use. I mean, it's real robust. Uh, I mean, you know, even using my my uh, seasoning, it's called Junior's Rub for Grub. I mean, it is oh, right. awesome seasoning that's good on anything. Um, it's got some good spice. I mean, it's just a bold flavor, man. The food, you can taste it. Um, it's got a little bit of chilies and stuff like that in it. So... You know, being close to New Mexico and Western Texas, you know, we got both flavors, man. You can really tell on the food. That sounds so yeah. good. So, so you've actually got like a, a commercial rub available as well. We do, yes. So you're, you're hitting this barbecue industry from all angles. Every angle. You know, from the competition side, of course, we don't do as many anymore, but we're doing a lot of caterings. We're still in the, you know, open. We're, we're wanting to open our restaurant like five days a week uh, starting this summer, so... 
anyways, we, we hit in every angle. Absolutely. That'll be awesome. That'll be so good. So can you tell me a little bit about the, the catering side of thing? What sort of, what sort of work goes into moving from being a competition team into doing catering? You know, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, I started from serving food out of my front yard. Literally. Really? I had a, a simple trailer that I built over the years. I started from that, didn't have any money to do it, but I had the passion to do it. So I built this trailer and, and you know, I started having people come in front of my house. I had picnic tables, real simple. You know, we started selling from in front of my house. Then from there we went and bought a location, some property, and I built my restaurant. And you, and you never got any, any hassle from the government for trying to work from your front yard? Well, we kept it hush, but ah. you know, we kept it hush. You know, we did everything legit. My trailer was was uh, my commissary, so yep. to speak, and, yep. and you know, we never had any trouble. So, ah. yeah, so the food in, was too good. Yeah, <laughs> in the, in Australia, we we'd never be able to get away with that. The yeah. the the government would come around and be like, no, 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 no. So it's it's fascinating to hear these stories about people such as yourselves that have, you know, started with a trailer in the yard and then built it, built it, built it, built it, built it into such a such a uh, such a huge deal. Yeah, and, and the only reason I did that was, you know, what when you build something from scratch and you don't have any backing or any money to do it, you the passion will push you through to do whatever you have to to make it happen. And you know that's simply what I did, and, and you know now I got an awesome restaurant that we're busy. We were known nationally, so we got people coming from Australia, um, from all over the country, Europe. I mean, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your reputation just uh, definitely precedes you. I was walking through, and uh, I was talking to Saffron. She's like, "That's Junior. You you got to go talk to Junior." So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Heaps yeah. good, heaps good. So tell me, um, what are you uh, looking to get from the NBBQA conference this year? Is like, what's your uh, what's your goal here? You know, my goal is here is is meet new new people, meet new people in the industry. If I can help out in any way, fashion or form, you know, get them get them some help. You know, maybe help them avoid some of the stuff that I knew. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, really? Because man, it was it was a struggle. There's a lot of mistakes that I made, and I was able to overcome them. A lot of people just can't make the mistakes and it can totally devastate them. So, you know, if I can help them avoid some of the mistakes, I'll do that. I'm getting that message a lot from people here that everyone's just here to help everybody else. And I love that. Right, right. It's just, you know, everybody here has some way fashion or form has, has built a business. They wouldn't be here if it wasn't because they want to continue to build the business or, or start it or, or continue growing it. So... That's the main goal here, man. You know, everybody get together. I got to meet you. You know, it's an awesome deal. We're going to be friends forever now. So, you know, that's what it's all about. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, before I let you go, can you share one story where you where you did hit one of those hiccups and uh, and, and explain what it was and how you solved it? Sure. Well, uh, one of the hiccups was, you know, right now, oil industry is super good. And they're in my area. It's Midland. Um, two years ago, it was, a, it was a bad situation. I bought the property. It was 175,000 property that I bought to build my future restaurant. Mm -hmm. At the time that I did the negotiations, it was a perfect time. That's when the oil industry went under. So I was struggling to barely pay my bills, much less a brand new property to build my restaurant on. Yeah, yeah, because the the value would have plummeted. It it did. It plummeted. I was in a bad situation. I put my family in danger. But 
what kept me going was, you know, I, I built good connections with my customers, good food and good service. Um, you know, my continuation of, of serving good food and, and the passion of cooking, man. That's the only thing that drove me through. And it was a scary time for me, man. It really was. It, it almost took me under. Well, mate, I'm, I'm glad to see that you rose above. You, you, you conquered. You're here at MBBQA, and you've, you're taking those experiences and then turning them into something to, to help share with other people. So, Absolutely. mate, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show, yep. and enjoy the rest of the conference. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You bet. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfire has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who've even traveled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, they are also producing incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinet smokers and some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever going to see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work, ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Hey folks, it's Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here. We're partway through day one of the NBBQA conference in Kansas City. And uh, with me, I've got Kyle and Mark from Uncle Bub's Barbecue. Gentlemen, how are you enjoying the uh, the conference? It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we won't be here that long, but it's a lot of fun. It, hopefully, we can learn something. You know, it seems like we've already learned something today. And if we could take away one or two things, it's always a plus. So, and it's great to see everybody. It's kind of like a family reunion. So we enjoy coming. Yeah. So how, how many years have you been coming to the MBBQA? This is our 20, 21st year. 21st yeah. year, wow. Yeah, I missed one year because um, I was sick, but that was it. Yeah, so we come every year. We usually come with two to three, four people, you know, and it's a lot of fun because we get to learn and see other things, especially for Kyle. He's our pit master, certified chef, and it's good, you know, we, we went to three different restaurants last yesterday with the bus tour. They were all awesome, and but we picked up one thing, you know, so it was really good. Excellent. Yeah. Which which uh, which three restaurants did you go to? So we went to, we started at uh, um, Plowboys, and that was excellent. Todd was great. We went to Slaps, that was awesome, and, uh, and Joe's, and that, they were all excellent. All three were on my bucket list, and we did it all in one day. Yeah. One afternoon. So good, yeah. 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 We, we were on the same bus. So yes. Yeah. Yes, you and your wife and your son yes. were sitting in front of us. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Cute and uh, I, she just sent me a photo. He's yeah. he, he's knocked a tooth out today. Oh, so. <laughs> that age. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the the U.S. dollar bill tooth fairy is going to yeah. cash him up tonight. That can get expensive, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. So, so Kyle, as the uh, as the uh, the head pitmaster at um, at your barbecue restaurant, what do you sort of see as being your your forte in your organization? 
It would have to be our logistics. Our logistics is something that we do very well as a company and an organization from our execution in the restaurant to our execution on our catering events, which allows us to be able to do multiple events in a day, you know, and to the outside world, it looks seamless because of our logistics. You know, I always say, you know, UPS would be envious of our logistics that we have going on. Because um, it really does, it takes all of us working in sync to make sure that each one of these events, whether it's leaving in a truck ahead of time or it's a grill event going out to just a backyard barbecue, that they're going off seamlessly as if they were a full service, you know, wedding event. Yeah, right. Now, speaking of wedding events, I understand that that you uh, guys do a lot of work with that. Can you tell us a bit about that side of your business? Yeah, so we do do a lot of work. Um, we, I mean, we start right from point A. You know, when they come in, Mark is their first point of contact. And Mark really, you know, he sells our brand to our customers from just everything we can do for them as far as services and provide for them at each different venue that they might be looking at to custom catering their menu to whatever they might like. You know, 75% of our weddings don't have barbecue on them. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. 35 percent do, 25% don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they might only have one barbecue item as their entree. They'll have a chicken limon or a chicken marsala, chicken parmesan, something uh, that isn't barbecue at all. But, you know, we are, we pride ourselves that we can appeal to a lot of palates and not just be, you know, like in this small little ball that all we are is barbecue and that's all we do. I mean, we'll even take family recipes that these uh, bride and grooms love since they were childhood. This grandma's recipe, mom's recipe. And we'll do that for their weddings. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we really want to take our guests' expectations from just satisfied to wow. Because that's how we get repeat business and also new customers. Because it only takes one bad wedding to ruin you, but one great wedding can then send you out into more. Snowballs the business. Yeah, yeah. So... This happened two years ago. Um, I had a, we did a, a consultation, and and uh, I was with the the mother, the father of the bride, and then the groom, and, and 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 the bride. And you know, I did the consultation, and we emailed them something they can read because they can't read my writing. Uh, <laughs> and then um, so they came in for the tasting about a month later. I think it was right, Kyle and. I noticed the mother of the bride wasn't there, and I thought, well, maybe she was working. Well, after the tasting, I go to find out that she had cancer and passed away suddenly. Oh. I thought, oh, man. And I said, you know, what was the favorite meal that your mother made for you? Right away, she said chicken parm. Well, we had a chicken parm recipe, but I gave Kyle the recipe, and I asked her to send us the recipe, and then we invited her back in um, the following week, the family back in for the tasting. Kyle executed perfectly. Oh, wow. And, um, and then we served that at their wedding in memory of her mother. So, you know, word got out about that, and everyone loved the food, of course, because then it was like, oh, there's a meaning behind this. So... But little things that we try to do, you know, but it's Kyle's talents that really help because then it diversifies us a little bit more. And we try to stay more on the comfort level. It's something that'll hold well, but I mean, we do things so differently. For example, our crew will get there at, uh, you know, like Kyle said, everyone's got to be on time. And we have a great crew. And if it wasn't for our crew, we wouldn't be here. And we have great communication. To us, that's the key to our success. We meet every Tuesday, but we're always talking, you know. And But um, 
what happened uh, when we get there to the event, we, we send one vehicle with all the equipment and all the staff to start setting up. Well, I don't want the food. We don't want the food sitting there nah. for six hours. We want it to be fresh. So Kyle sends it with it. It's, it'll get there no earlier than an hour before serving and no later than a half hour before serving. So it's fresh. And he comes right out of the oven, right in the pan and out the door. So that really helps too. Timing is a lot, you know, it really is. It just goes back to the logistics. I mean, yeah. with, you know, on a busy Saturday, we do four weddings on a Saturday. And then in addition to those, there will be different deliveries mixed in. So we're constantly, we have hot boxes going out and it's a constant communication of making sure the food's labeled right. It's in the right boxes, it's going on the right deliveries. Um, just really streamlining everything so that way it takes the guesswork out of it. You know, you can bring these drivers and they can grab their food, they know where they're going and they can execute what we expect them to do uh, on a regular basis. You know, that way, Pig roast number one is the same as pig roast number two. It it actually sounds like you probably already have one, but you 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 would need like a operations manager or something to sort of overview everything and sort of puppet string it all. We have a great one actually. He has been with our company for over twenty years now. There you go. <laughs> he is uh, yeah our director of operations. Unfortunately, not with us here at MBBQA, but yeah, he gets one of those a year. We just let him. And we also have great catering manager. Our catering manager Marie um, really you know, works with all the clients, you know, she's the one dealing with the emails from the brides and the grooms and the mother-in-laws. She is what I call the Zen person because she puts all of our clients and everybody in a Zen place. So that way they can put their trust in our hands that we're going to do what we signed up to do and give them a great day that they'll remember. Because there's only one of them in their lifetime, right? Hopefully. <laughs> I, so I we say it has got to be perfect, and it's that, true. You know, and Kyle said, you know, with the great staff, you know, that Marie's got, you know, my daughter will help Marie, but she also does HR. My wife does the accounting. We have Jay in operations, you know, Kyle in the kitchen. Then Kyle has a great crew. In the front of the house, we have a great crew. The restaurant sells the catering, and the catering sells the restaurant, you know. But you're right, the weddings, they have to be perfect because hopefully it's only going to happen once. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was kind of a low-hanging joke I did just yeah. take there, but, you know. <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. yeah. So you actually have a bit of a, a bit of an interesting way that you sort of process through the sales process of, um, of, sure. of confirming those, those bookings. Can you sure. give us an idea of, of that? So, so um, you know. Typically, so Ashley and Marie will take the phone calls, and then they'll. We don't do any. We no longer do family style or buffet or plated. We only do buffet, and the reason being is, um, it's all you can eat. We we don't market it that way, but we let the bride and groom know they're not going to run out of food. Because I hear stories all the time. About oh yeah. If someone's going to, if a caterer is going to cut back, they're going to cut back on food, right? So so uh, or service for that matter, and we'll. You know, we want the bride and groom to feel comfortable. So they'll take the call, they have access to our calendar, um, they'll schedule a consultation with myself or Jerry, and and um, we'll sit down with them, we'll ask them a, a series of questions. We'll kind of explain to them as we're going through the questions how it's gonna, how the day will unfold, and we kind of help them. What we're doing at the same time is we're doing a timeline for them. Mm -hmm. You know, from the time of ceremony, if ceremony is going to be on location or if it's going to be at a church, you know, to from cocktail hour all the way to the end. So, you know, we kind of walk them through it all. And then based on their budget 
is, you know, um, we want to be in their budget because if we're in their budget, we're doing our job. Yep. And, and, and there's so many people that want to, are so greedy, I guess, and, and they're trying to, you know, they try to, you know, they add on a cake cutting fee, you know. A cake cutting fee. Yeah, there's a, a lot of caterers put a cake cutting charge per person on the bill. Per person. And it doesn't take a damn rocket scientist to cut a cake. Trust me. No, There's it ways does to not. do it. But, you know, so we don't, we line item everything. There's no hidden fees. There's no, in, in some caterers will, won't put gratuity on, but then tell you they have to put, you need to put on 18% or whatever it may be. We line item everything. So everyone knows. And so they know. So during the consultation, we're, we're taking notes. And then, um, once we take notes, I'm working off a worksheet and I'm filling in pricing for them. So that way they know exactly what it's going to cost. And I always tell them it's, I'm doing it in a pen, but it's a pencil because we can take out anything. You know, because they might not realize what they're asking for. It's going to add up. And I'll let them know. You know, we'll let them know. And then, um, then I, you know, after I go through it all with them, then we'll treat them to lunch or dinner. You know, Kyle will put out something. You know, it, and then if... Um, then we'll email t the, the quote to them so they can actually read it. And then uh, then we'll invite them back in for a tasting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they get yeah. they get to meet with you, then get a free meal on that day, and then come back yeah. for a tasting yeah. of yeah. the custom menu of grandma's recipes. What, oh, whatever, and they, whatever they've chosen for their special. You know, and wow. Like Mark was saying, that's what really... You know, I feel like streamlines our process and makes it so comforting to brides and grooms is because if you're going to book a wedding at a hotel, you're sitting down with one person. They got to go to another person and get your pricing. Then going back to you, there's no middleman. When you sit down with Mark, you're talking to the top of the tier. You know, he'll give you the great straightforward pricing and he's going to tell you everything that we're going to do for you to make sure that your day is fully taken care of, that you can put your trust in our hands, not six people on a committee or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, it sounds like you guys go well above and beyond just we're going to turn up with a truckload of food at this time. You, you, you almost take on the role of a, like a wedding planner. Yes, and, and we kind of tell the wedding planners get in our way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and, and really, we, don't, we know what we're doing, you know, because we have such a great crew, because of all the communication, we'll always respond within 24 hours or, or no longer than 24 hours. To, a, to a, a question, which we always say, look, you've never done this. No question's a bad question. Don't be afraid to ask us. They'll come out, you know, and if they even want, they can meet us as many times as they want. Um, they can change the menu, you know. Um, grandmother might have all of a sudden gave them some extra money that they weren't expecting, and next thing you know, we're doing shrimp. And or they don't realize that it's Lent, in the middle of Lent, and they want to have fish all of a sudden. Oh, you try to tell them but they don't think about it until it's actually Lent. So that, that's happening tomorrow. Yeah, we actually have two weddings tomorrow, which we are in Lent season. Tomorrow's a Lent and Friday. So we had both, well, last week we had one of the weddings call and want to do fish instead of one of their options. And then this week, literally two days ago, the other wedding called and said they wanted to do fish in addition to, which I mean, we're always happy oh, to do another. In addition to, sure, yeah, yeah, entree. yeah. But it's just, you know, they, Mark always, Mark is very good at planning with our bride and grooms and planning for the day and the season and what's going on and the variables that can happen in those days because we do a lot of our venues are outdoors. So 
if there's rain or something, Mark is very good about having contingency plans and stuff in place that even if it downpours, you're still going to have a great ceremony and a great reception. Mm, yeah, for sure. Sounds good. I can't even imagine like two days before 100 people, they want to change it. Oh, I would lose it. I would lose it. So. I mean, you, sometimes he does. Especially <laughs> the busy times. You know, we'll, we get so many, you know, a lot of times there's stipulations. Other caters put in stipulations. You know, if your guest counts this price or this this high and then it drops way down here, your price goes higher. We don't do that. We, you know, there's no reason for that. We're, you know, they change, well, the day before sometimes and it throws off our numbers, but we, we try to accommodate them. You know, because we don't like to be the we don't like to be the caterer out there that, you know, oh, they'll just tell you, no, they can't do it. They're not going to do it. You know, we like to be known as the caterer that can go above and beyond and do those last minute changes. Not that necessarily it's the most convenient or, you know, the most plays into your logistics very well. But, you know, we we take every wedding we get very seriously. Like it could be if we don't get this one right, this could be it. So. We need to make sure that we execute it to the T every time. You never know who your guests are going to be. You know, we get so much corporate business because of guests that have had our food at weddings or at another event. So our food sells, hopefully sells itself. And we never, you know, whether it's for 50 to 100. Well, I think our smallest wedding is about 80. Yeah, 75. Yeah. yeah. This, this wow. We have one for 320. and 320 people. Yeah, that, and, you know, that's like... That's okay. Wow. We can do that. I mean, that's kind of common. Well, the average, I think, is about 200. Yeah. Yeah. 50 to 200 is our average size wedding. And like our, that 320 person wedding tomorrow is going to have beef brisket, catfish, because they want to fish off. Fish, yep. (laughs) And they're doing full salad, uh, mashed potatoes, and mac and cheese with, you know, all of our mini cornbread sides. They get fresh baked gourmet buns and potato dinner rolls. Rolls, they're awesome. Yeah, wow! So, All right, so, so get a variety. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So before we wrap this up, then I got to ask the most obvious question: If we're talking about weddings, have you ever had a bridezilla moment? Oh. Not, not, not you personally. Oh, where, yeah. where, where, where a bride has gone bridezilla? Oh yeah, quite a bit. Can you can you share one one of the best stories? Uh, there was, I think this was last year, and it was a special wedding to begin with because we were doing it at a bride's house, and it downpoured that day. And it was a grill-on location. They were having Angus steak, which is, it's it's a that's good it's, stuff. It's not a usual one that we do. Where and we you know we we executed it very well, um, but it's not our common wedding menu to do an on-site grilled Angus steak. So we're grilling on site at this woman's house, and we have tents up. And but this the bride's and the bride's mom was just you know down us all day, like on our on our case all day. But in the in the end, she was very happy. The bride and groom were super satisfied. But I mean, we can't we can't control the weather. If we could control the weather, we would call for no rain on every Saturday in the summer. If you could control the weather, there'd be a whole lot of other things you could do. Right, outside of the world of barbecue. And I should say, you know, I never thought in a million years I'd be a full time wedding planner. I mean, we did. We opened up a barbecue restaurant so we could cook barbecue and drink some beer. Now I'm drinking <laughs> martinis because they're driving me nuts. No, no. There's some. There, it's not always the the um, the brides that turn into bridezilla. It's the mother of the bride. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, ho. It's like you know. There was one time we did a wedding. Not oh, it was a few years ago. They were drinking before you know at the hotel, 
They Always a good start. Shuttle, and the mother of the bride falls down the stairs, coming off the shuttle, going to the venue. And it, uh, we knew that was going to be a disaster. Oh, no. You know, but, it, it, but we got through it, and it all worked out. But she, they had to take her back to the hotel. Yeah. Put it to bed and yeah. put a little ice pack on her head. After the ceremony, she went right back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'm going to say thanks very much for your sure. time. Pleasure, Ben. Th- thanks for being on the much. show. Sure. It's been great to meet you and great to Likewise. hear your stories. Thank you. Hey folks, how you going? It's uh, Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here, and Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue. We're on, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and I thought we might have a little bit of a roundup of today's uh, NBBQA conference. Mikey, what do you reckon? Uh, I think I think it, it was a great day. It was a great first day. Um, took a couple different classes. Uh, got to do brisket with the blacks, which is. Bucket list right there. Yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, it was, uh, if you guys were on our Instagram live, uh, we, we shared a little bit of it. Sorry that it cut out, um, internet connection in the kitchen. Not the best, (laughs) (laughs) but besides that, I mean, we, we, we had some great, uh, we had some great breakfast here. Um, operation barbecue cooked lunch for all of us. I don't know if you got it. If you got lunch, I couldn't find a, a knife. So I had to, uh, just, Cut, just, tear, just it. tear it up, and it was just fantastic. So we got pulled pork. Uh, they smoked some so, smoked some po- uh, pork loin. That that pork loin was sensational. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was nice, cut thick. It was beautiful. Um, I think I think it was, it was a really good day. There was a lot of great stuff. Um, Mike from Code Three uh, talked about you know, the rub line and all that kind of stuff in, in one of his classes about taking a product to market. And that, w- that was very, very interesting. And uh, I think a lot of people enjoyed that. The other thing that um, was really good is uh, the the public speaking was fantastic. It just, it just really, I, I, I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah, me too. That, that uh, the Code 3 Spices one, yeah. that um, there was a lot of just honest truth in that. Of yeah. like the, the the three of them were up there and they just said, look, this is what we did. This is how it all fell apart and this is how we fixed it all up. And these are the things that if you're if you're looking at doing this, this is what you need to not do yeah. um, to, to be as successful as you can. And I found that to be a common trait, even just talking to people at lunchtime. People like, oh, what are you trying to do? Oh, okay, yeah. Let me tell you what happened when I did it so yeah. you don't do what I did. And it, it, that seems to be the atmosphere and the vibe of the whole event is just how can we all help each other to grow and do better? I mean, barbecues, that's what we do, right? We're, we're, all, we're all brothers and sisters here in the barbecue world. So uh, nobody's, you know, nobody's stealing anything from anybody else. We're all just kind of vibing together and, and doing, doing our best to, to succeed. Because, I mean, they, there's 50 billion people on this damn planet. Uh, don't quote me on that number. I might be estimating a little high. We're, but, we're, we're podcasters. We're not math teachers. <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we don't concern ourselves with numbers. No, num- no numbers. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just one of those things where uh, you really want to make sure that you support that person next to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think it's really weird when pe- when I, uh, I'll talk to people even, and they'll be like, oh, well, how do I start my own podcast? And I'm like, cool, let's, let me break it down. This is what you got to do. And we start talking about what we're going to do. And then they're like, dude, you're telling me all of this. And he's like, yeah. Like, do you think anyone's going to steal your fans? Yeah. Do you want them to? Yeah. There's, I, I do a podcast for an hour a week. 
There's a lot of other hours in the league. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that, like, that, that's that's what I like about this sort of team up that 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 we're doing here. We've got two diff- two very different styles of shows. Oh, absolutely. That you know. It, it's not like people are going to choose one or the other. They're no, going to listen to both, and yeah, then it's yeah. just fantastic because then they get two hours of barbecue every week instead of one. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And if you and if you're like me, you actually buy a little pair of discreet headphones that you can run up your shirt and put inside your ear, and then you can listen to them at work all day, and no one even knows. <laughs> well, now they make them wireless, so you just you know put them in there, Bluetooth them up. Then they, when somebody tries talking to you, you're like, what? They need to get even smaller though, and then flesh-colored like hearing aids. Yeah, just so they. Yeah, just I'm hard of hearing. <laughs> I just don't want to listen to you. <laughs> so, uh, what's your? What do you think of the first day, mate? I have had an absolute blast. Um, for me, it actually started yesterday. Um, I went on that bus tour. You we did um, Plowboys, uh, Slaps, and then the original Joes, and that was phenomenal because you you pull up to this gas station, you're like, wait a minute, what? I thought I thought we're going to a barbecue joint. Yeah, and you go inside, and it looks like a gas station inside. And then the best barbecue restaurants are sketchy. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and then and then the manager comes out and he goes, "No, we're we're going underground." And you're like, "Wait, what?" And he took us on this big tour all down because it goes down three levels underneath the the gas station, and so there's like right at the very basement is the the smokers, all the cookers, and that, and the the food prep area. The second level is like the the, the cutting and the and the prepping floors, yep. and then they just run it up the ramp and out into the into the gas station to serve it to people. It was phenomenal. That's all. It's it's amazing. Uh, I didn't I did not get to go on that tour. I'm sorry, uh, but I mean. We hung out here and talked to a ton of people. Um, got to do a lot of fun podcasting stuff. A lot of fun. Uh, I was going to ask about that next. Get, yeah, getting, yeah. getting a ton of uh, ton of you know contacts with people so that we can we can put them on the show. So we're going to be we're going to be quite busy humans. Uh, but I think one of what what is crazy is everyone's so willing. It's like, hey, mm. do you want to go do do you want to do this? Yes. Yeah, fantastic. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a great community. Yeah, like we really yeah. are part of an amazing community. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that I found today was the range of presentations that were on. So, like you went to the to the Blacks brisket demo yeah. thing. Um, I went to a marketing thing with uh, Joey Machado from B and B. Yeah, how was uh, that? That was really interesting. Um, cause he also pulled up on stage, uh, Junior Urias of, um, yep. Junior Urias is up in Smoke Barbecue yep. and Paul Shater of Head Country. Okay. And, um, sorry, Paul, if I completely just butchered your surname, I, I apologize. Um, I'm Australian, blame it on that. Um, <laughs> And uh, they went through, and it was the same thing. They went through the three brands. They told the story of how they built it, three different types of products, and they talked about um, problems that they'd come across, how they'd fixed them, how people in the audience could avoid making those same mistakes, and then gave suggestions on things like, okay, so if you're looking at marketing, find someone that you can team up with yeah. and, and, and you can partner up with yeah. and and work together towards a common goal. Working together, I mean, is always just so much, I mean, doing collabs with people, doing all these, like, teaming up with people. Listen, nobody has the audience that Ben has. Nobody has the audience that I have. Like, yeah, we cross-pollinate cross them, but 
and I'm not saying it's that we have these huge audiences, but what I'm, what I'm saying is when we put them together, that's when, that's when they really start to work. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you're like, if you're always pounding your own audience or, or just shoving to your fans or your friends, the same stuff, eventually they're going to be like, cool, dude, I I get it. Yeah. I, I know it. But when you're like, Hey, check this guy out. I totally vouch for him. This is, this is fantastic. Then it's like, Oh, well that's something new. That's interesting. It's going to keep keep people on their toes. And when you start teaming up, like they're talking about teaming up with everybody, it's it just brings everybody up. You know what I mean? It brings everybody up to that next level. And um, I can't remember exactly who I was talking to. I think it was – I think we were talking about it yesterday or, or maybe it was earlier today. I don't know. I have so much information that, to process in your head. But it, he, you know, he was saying, you know, like when I see a new product that hits the market – I want to give people my feedback. And um, I believe it was actually the guys from Flame Boss. Uh, and he's like, listen, the reason that I, I, I'll, I'll tell you like what I think of your product and how you can get your, either make your product better or change that product, just tweak it just a little bit so that it can do more for the, for your consumer and you don't get into the maybe the, the, the funks that they got into or, or the breakups that they got into. Uh, the big thing for it is, is it brings everybody up. He's like, it brings everybody up. If your product starts to sell more, guess what? There's more barbecue dudes. They're going to show, you, you know what I mean? They're going to, they're going to show that off to their friends and say, look at this cool toy that I just got. Go check it out at the store. Well, if my product's right next to it, he may think that, that my product's a cool toy and he's going to pick that up. So, you know what I mean? Like teaming up together, it's just, it just works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now you did mention before, uh, getting some good, um, content for your podcast. We got some good content. Give us a rundown on the, of the guests that you've Um, interviewed or are you keeping that secret for reveals for later? I mean, it's not secret. We're going to, we're going to be, we're talking to a junior, uh, from up in smoke. Um, we're going to have flame boss on the podcast. Uh, Rockwood's going to get on the podcast. We're going to talk about charcoal, which is going to be fantastic. Um, that those are the three that are coming in my mind right now. But we're, we're talking, I mean, we just, I have so many cards right now that I just got to filter through yeah. and emails and send it out. Um, a blowfish barbecue. We're going to be getting that guy on the, on the, um, on the podcast. He's just, he's just a riot and he's just a lot of fun to talk to. And I can't wait to get him on there for an hour and, and be able to talk. Uh, I think I think what a lot of people don't quite understand yet in in the podcast game it's still so new it, it's new and it's old right because it's been around for a minute but what a lot of people don't understand for the podcast is like wait what is what is this like a lot of people are still dibble dabbling into like learning what it is so I I'm, I, f- I find myself very much explaining being like cool we're gonna chat for an hour and we're literally gonna sit there and just <laughs> And they're like, okay, cool, but is it live? No, it's not live. We, we put it out at a later date. So I think I think people have are confused with that. Yeah, I, I find it interesting, A, explaining it to guests, and then B, explaining it to Joe Blow on the street. Oh, yeah. When I'm, when I'm talking to Joe Blow on the street, I, the way I explain it is it's like Netflix for radio. So, yeah. so you can choose what you want to listen to, when you want to listen to it. Yeah. You can pause it, come back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it's, it, is really, it, it really is the Netflix for radio, except that the barrier of entry is so low. I mean, if, if I can do it, any idiot can do it, you know? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I figured it out, so I, I did it. So you can definitely do it. Uh, I think you got two of the biggest idiots that that, that you're ever going to meet, and we've and uh, we've we managed to work it, it out, out so. somehow. But I, I think that's one of those things where it's like, man, I'm I'm talking to a bunch of people, and I'm talking to talking talking to a few people that are doing YouTube stuff and doing that kind of stuff, and we're trying to figure that out right now. And it's like, man, it, it's just the the amount of people that are willing to help. And we're right here. We're right here willing to help you guys. If anyone wants to start a podcast, if anybody wants to do something, uh, start a YouTube channel, be social, uh, you want to start a barbecue page, you want to start a barbecue business, uh, you guys can always DM me, email me. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can send me stuff. It, you, you can snail mail me if you really want. You can send me letters. I probably won't handwrite letters back to you. But I mean, when was the last time you actually got a letter that wasn't a bill in the mail? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Great question. That's a strong, my, strong I, question. My my mum sent me a Christmas card. I I got a I got a wedding invitation. Does that count? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got a wedding invitation. I there think you that, go. That, but I, I don't think we get anything out. You get wedding invitations. You get bills, and then you get a bunch of junk mail. Ugh. <laughs> You know what I mean? You get that like we get we get those like advertisements that are like, "Hey, come come to this Chevy dealership." And it's like, "No. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Ford guy. Chuck it in the bin." Yeah, but it, you know what I mean? It's just like, "Uh, can't. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, don't want yeah, this." Yeah. Mail's not, you know, snail mail's not the real thing, but uh I I I'm just saying, you know, we're we're here. We're always we're always willing to help. I'm Absolutely. Most to talk yeah. to anybody that wants to get into catering, getting getting into this kind of stuff. Um, I think one of the hardest things that people don't they just don't know where to ask the questions, or they they don't feel that that they're able to approach us to ask the questions. Sure. I mean, I'm. So. I think I, I think I'm approachable. I'm just I'm just a regular dude that does a podcast, and I think that's like sometimes like people will be like. Oh, but you know that tons of people listening. It's like, dude, I don't. That doesn't go into my head at all. I just do a podcast. You know what I mean? Put it out and hope that there's some listeners somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it does feel a bit like that sometimes. Now, coming up in about forty minutes now is yep. the the dinner and the awards. The dinner and the awards. Are you excited about the MBBQA awards? Uh, I am. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, this is our first year here. So we should we should have a lot of fun. Um, apparently, there's a digital award that I didn't know about, so I didn't enter, uh, which means we're not going to win. Uh, but you're you're up for some. So you said you got you're you're up for for about five categories, correct? I've I've put in for for five of the different categories. Yeah. So I put in the the podcast for digital media audio series. Okay. Um, I did a series of videos at Smoking on the Water in Perth in November last year. So I put that up for best video series. Um, I did an individual video with Matt Staunton from Smoke and Coals Barbecue at Barbecue Wars in July, and I put that in for the best single video. I did a blog article um, discussing the ABA changes for 2019. I published that in about November, um, so I put that in for the best single article. And then again, I built a whole new website last year. I spent about 10 months, five hours a night, every night, week in, week out for 10 months building this brand new website. So I've put that up for uh, Best Barbecue blog as well. So we'll we'll just see what happens. I don't know. You excited? I am excited. Um, Last year, the the podcast picked up second place. 
okay. um, which was really exciting. Uh, given the time difference, when the awards were actually finished up, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning for me and I was at work. So you, and, yeah, and that's fantastic. You can... 10 in the morning. Well, I was, <laughs> I was, I was desperately trying to find out the, the results of the, of, of the awards. And I was flipping through Facebook, flipping through Instagram. And I came across a live feed by, um, uh, behind the smoke. Okay. That those guys were here last year. Yeah. And, uh, and I tuned into the feed and I heard them say, Oh, well, you know, and such and such got first. And then Ben from smoke and confessions got second. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> what? 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 And so I, uh, I, I, I sent them a message saying, "I'm at work, but let's do a an Instagram live thing. Give me 20 minutes." And I ran out of work. I ran across the road to the to the electronics store. I bought a, a headset microphone from my phone because I'd left mine at home. And then I had to go sit in the car and hide in the car park. And I, and I spoke to them uh, live on Instagram for about 20 minutes. That's awesome, dude. That's that's. That's just awesome. Yeah, it, it's crazy how technology can literally bridge so many gaps. Oh, I it's mean, it, it, it's outrageous. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're you, hold on, I'm going to talk to you in 20 minutes. What? Yeah, we're going to do we're gonna, like video conference in 20 minutes. Yeah, in so. the, like in in real time, and it yeah, it, in it, real time, it, it, cool. it sounds almost as good as if you're just sitting there with the person. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. So what we're planning on doing for the awards tonight, I'm going to set mine up to uh, to broadcast them live on Facebook on the Smoke and Not Confessions page. Mikey's going to set I'm gonna his go up. Instagram live, guys. Uh, I won't be behind my phone, so please don't uh, put any questions because I won't see them. <laughs> How long do the Instagram live videos stay up for? I, uh, 24 hours. Okay. So if they did want to put a question, you, you would I, be able I, to get back, I but could, later. Yeah, I could go, I guess, through that. I don't know if I'd have to watch the whole feed. I don't know if I, I would see it populate oh. questions. That I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a... that's. A, I don't know if it how it works, Yeah, um, which I should know, uh, but apparently... We will workshop that in the we, next yeah. 35 minutes. We will figure that out in the next <laughs> 35 minutes. Um, if anyone's actually watching this, leave a comment right now for us and uh, we'll see if we can see it later. Good idea, uh, good thing. that's really the only way, I think that's the only way we're gonna figure that out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, if, if we have to watch the whole thing, honest, um, I will try to get to it, but it's a three hour segment and uh, I'm already giving another three hours tonight might not uh, function well. <laughs> no, no. And uh, Facebook operates differently. If you do wanna put a question in, put a comment in, I will see them. The Facebook live videos stay up indefinitely. So if you've got, if you got a question, you wanna ask something, you wanna say something, do let me know, put it on there, and I will definitely get back to you. Yeah, fantastic. All right, cheers, man. Cheers. Let's go have some fun. Yeah, beer time. And there you have it, family. What a collection of interviews. So many fascinating stories and lessons to be taken. A huge thanks have to go out to all those who took the time out of their busy conference schedules to speak to me and I look forward to meeting you all again next year. Before I let you go, I want to remind you about our killer merch lineup, the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook and if you have a minute, it'd really help me out if you could subscribe, rate and review the show. The ratings and reviews trigger the algorithms and make Apple distribute the podcast further and wider so they are really important and very much appreciated. And that's the end of the show. Till next time, take care of each other and keep on cueing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>